Do you sell commercial landscape construction and installation services to general contractors? Check out today's episode where we interview a landscape industry veteran who shares the wins and challenges of growing to over $3 million in revenue in three short years. Today's guest shares how he wins commercial landscape contracts without being the lowest bidder, the software he's using, and how he manages the stress of all this, including having lost half of his staff in just a year to the oil and gas industry. Talking with people like this and how they get through the challenges they face in their business inspires me to run this podcast and serve the green industry. Check out today's episode and I'm sure you will relate to at least one of the challenges today's guest shares. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jost is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This podcast is all about helping landscape contractors grow your business through sales, marketing, and leadership ideas. Between inflation, supply chain challenges, the great February freeze of 2021, COVID stuff, and just general business challenges, running a landscape company in Texas, let alone West Texas, is no small feat. Today, I interview Dalton Mason, and the show is primarily focused around selling commercial landscape construction and installation. If you do commercial landscaping or you know someone who does, send them this episode and invite them to come to the Landscaper's Guide to Commercial Sales and Marketing, a virtual sales workshop on Thursday, July 28th, where we're going to talk about how to attract more of your hell yes customers and close more of them in a shorter sales cycle. Check it out at landscapersguide.com events. Got a link in the show notes. And now let's hear from Dalton Mason. All right, everyone, welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. Today, I'm excited to have one of my clients on the show from Ramblin' Jackson. Today, we have Dalton Mason, who is the CEO at New Horizons Landscape Management. They are based in Odessa, Texas. And uh, Dalton, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm excited to be on, on the show. So. Yeah, it's um, you know it's been exciting getting to to know you. We're working through your website. We're doing some recruiting stuff. Um, finally, got to meet you in person in Dallas recently at Javier's, which was really great. And you have an exciting story. You know, you've been in in the green industry, I, I guess, a little over a decade. And you had you had a landscape company that you built up and sold. And then just in the last three years, you've built a multi-million dollar landscape company. Tell us a little bit about New Horizons Landscape Management. Roughly what revenue are you doing? What's your what's your markup or uh, your makeup rather with uh, between commercial and residential? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're currently pushing about three and a half million dollars uh, overall. And right now we currently you know, 50, 50, uh, commercial residential, uh, type work. Uh, we do, uh, landscape maintenance, we do design build, uh, commercial, uh, contract work as well on the construction side. So we do a little bit of everything, 
evolving landscape. So, and um, how how did you how did you do that? How do you grow to you know three and a half million in just three years? Tell us how did you do that? Well, a lot of hard work, um, networking, um, a lot of my old contacts from uh, my previous business that I sold. Uh, obviously, when when I started up the new company, a lot of them came back. Um, the company I sold to uh, was a lot larger company than I was used to running uh, with my previous company. I only, was only able to get to up to about a million dollars um, and kind of plateaued. So when I went to work for that other company, uh, you know, they were starting from scratch here when they bought. Um, and I took that company to about $6 million uh, and just, just about a year and a half. Uh, before I left, um, but we did, we did a lot of commercial work there, and I really got to learn a, a quite a bit from that from that experience on uh, sales, um, you know, estimating and stuff on the commercial side of work uh, of the spectrum of, of landscape. So, and I, I built up a lot of contacts there as well, um, and a lot of them loved working with me. I loved just loved the way I, I presented my work. So. When, when I left, uh, those customers slowly started trickling over to us. And, and out here, it's not hard to uh, get to work as long as, you, you, as long as you're responsive. Um, most, most customers will just give you the work. Most uh, contractors like working with us because the way we present our work, uh, everything is detailed. There's no questions if we included uh, this type of work or this or, or that. Uh, we have a lot of disclosures. Uh, we have terms and conditions uh, for them to look at. And, you know, there's always room for negotiation. It comes down to our software as well. Uh, our project management software, uh, it keeps everything transparent, easy to keep up with, and very informative. And what, what software are you guys using? We're currently using Billertrin. Um, we, we, we made that change at the beginning of this year. Uh, we, we, in the past, we've used used uh, single ops, uh, we used Jobber, we used Service Autopilot. And, and they were good on, on the spectrum of, of bidding the work, um, CRM, stuff like that, but didn't really have any project management capabilities. And that's something that we were really looking for, something that we were really struggling to keep up with is all the details that came in with our projects, especially on the commercial side of things. Um, since we do quite a bit of commercial work, we decided to make that change at the beginning of this year to to help us keep up with all that. Well, and, you know, Builder Trend is a robust software. You know, in addition to working with landscapers, I also work with several high-end construction companies, remodeling companies. Builder Trend is primarily a, you know, they focus on construction companies, you know, not so much on the green industry. So it's interesting that you're using that. How do you find it? And one one of the things I like about Builder Trend that you mentioned from the transparency standpoint is that customers can log in and see updates that you're able to share with them and sign off on things. So it's really it's really great in a number of ways. How does it work for for maintenance? You know that that's the one thing that that we struggle with. It doesn't really work that great with maintenance. Um, it, it, and it, it does in a sense. We just haven't really had much time to to really nail it down. Uh, we mm -hmm. can get there. We're just, we're just going to take a little bit more effort than it is with the construction side of things. And what we're, we're 
you know, 90, 95% of our work is construction. We do a little bit of maintenance and usually most of the maintenance that we do are for people that we did construction work for that wanted a full service company to come in and be able to maintain that after we got done doing our, our construction site. So, you know, right now there's not a whole lot of need there for another software just, just to run maintenance. And we can build it, build that out on Builder Train to to have the maintenance. The only, the only downfall, it doesn't really do routing. Uh, it will provide a schedule for the guys as far as where they need to be, times, uh, properties, but it doesn't actually provide them a full surface full route. You know, I think you're you're understating that a bit. I mean, getting to three and a half million is not easy, yeah. but um, you've done it through hard work and through networking and what has been, what are some of the challenges you've faced, you know, over the last few years and in, in getting that number of new clients in such a short period of time? So, you know, uh, when we started in, in 2019, everything was kind of running pretty smooth. It was just myself and two employees and kind of hit the ground running. Um, and started really building that up, got, got moved into a, a, a decent sized shop uh, then in 2019 and then COVID, COVID hit. So uh, there for about a month or two, right at the beginning of COVID, everybody was freaking out, didn't want to spend money, didn't want to have you come to their house and, and, and take a look at their projects. Uh, commercial projects just didn't slow down at all. Uh, we continue to go on with the commercial work set projects that we had, which kept us afloat, uh, kept us working during that, that two month period when it was really, really slow. Um, and then once everybody kind of got used to the idea of COVID, you know, floodgates open, we started getting, you know, five to 10 phone calls a week and then we turned into five to 10 phone calls a day. Um, not really doing a whole lot of marketing at that point. Uh, we were, we cut all of our marketing out to, you know, trying to keep our budget down as much as possible. But at that point, everybody was calling, you know, pretty much everybody in town trying to get work done. And a lot of the smaller companies couldn't keep up. Uh, whereas we, we were able to have an influx of hiring. Uh, so we, we were able to get the work and do the work and uh, be responsible with it. Uh, and then obviously 2021 came along. Uh, everybody was... Uh, moving on with their lives after COVID uh, and then inflation hit. Uh, so a lot of our commercial pro commercial jobs uh, where we had contracts with already in 2020 or 2019 on some of them, um, we weren't able to really renegotiate those contracts to reflect that inflation. And whereas we're seeing some inflation rates as 30, 40% uh, or even higher, uh, some, some PVC pipe, you know, doubled or tripled uh, in cost. So we weren't really able to uh, bounce back from that. It's, it's been a hard uh, couple of years, but, you know, going through 2022, uh, a lot of the newer projects were able to start trying to recuperate some of the loss from 2021 and, you know, move forward. I mean, it, it hit us pretty hard. It kind of uh, made us kind of open our eyes a little bit on, on, which contractors we want to work for um, and stuff like that. Cause there's some contractors that, that wanted to help. Uh, they, they, they helped out where they could, other contractors didn't care. Uh, so uh, we, we really scaled back our, our commercial clientele at that point, but 
our work has significantly increased and is still uh, increasing uh, week by week. Well, this sounds really hard. I mean, growing to 3 million and then experiencing inflation of 30 to 40% in some of your things and feeling stuck with some of those contracts and then losing more than half of your staff. How do you manage the stress of that? Well, you know, I, I try not to focus on things that I can't control um, and try to better myself and better better the team on things that we can control, uh, whether it's becoming more efficient, um, finding uh, new ways to, to sell projects uh, at these inflated prices and, and just trying to, you know, take the hit you know, right at the beginning with the customer and let them know, hey, it's it maybe three, four, five months before we can get to your project. So uh, it's been very stressful. Uh, I think I've handled it pretty well. Uh, at least I like to think I do. But, uh, and, you know, just always trying to find new ways of motivation. Uh, whether it's listening to podcasts, uh, I'll go hang out with uh, another landscaper buddy of mine or, or two or three or whatever. And we just sit, sit around and talk about ways uh, each other are handling um, the, the situations that we're all facing. And, and it's not just, you know, us here locally, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, so um, biggest thing is just keep your head up, try not to, not, not to stress about things that you can't control and just keep looking forward. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And it's, it's important to get clear on what you can control and what you can't control. And some of these things are there's not much you can do about it. Moving forward, you know, now that you've had this experience of selling these commercial projects and then, wow, six, 12, 18 months later, you're experiencing this enormous inflation. Is there anything that you think you could adjust in your contracts to give you some flexibility or a way to, you know, adjust your pricing later on with people or how can, how can you, how can you kind of work through that in the future? Well, what, what I've been doing lately on all of my stuff is, you know, I, I, I do my normal markup on everything. Then uh, I, I add about 12%. Uh, that, that's normal inflation right now. Um, it's about 12%. Now there's no, you can't really predict what's going to happen in the future. Uh, you know, there's, talk of recession looming around. So, um, you know, all the jobs that I got sold now, if they, if they go to 2023, you know, we hit that recession, I'll be, you know, we'll be doing pretty, pretty fair. But as far as, far as uh, planning for the future and, and on those contracts, it's really hard to do because even if you're scheduled to do a project in six to eight months, a lot of times around here, it may be, 16 months, 18 months, 19 months, uh, just because that's how far everything kind of takes, takes around here. Just, it's hard to get contractors to show up from out of town. Uh, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of contractors here that want to do the work um, or, or they're just too busy to do the work. So a lot of the GCs have to bring workers from out of town um, and that sometimes they don't show up. Um, so that puts everything behind schedule. So it's really hard to really predict, you know, here we, we you know, obviously we, we try to, you know, put some disclosures in there, but a lot of these general contractors, you know, their, their legal team shreds it apart. You know, if you want the job, you have to pretty much agree to their terms. Tell me more about that. How do you, how do you negotiate with these general contractors? So that way you win the job, 
and you're also covering your butt and making a profit and as protected as possible. So that way you're not, you know, so because I think a lot of people in, in commercial sales will just fill out an RFP and they send out a bunch of bids and maybe they get them and they don't really advocate for themselves. How do you, how do you do that while still winning the business? Well, I think a lot of it goes into our proposal. Um, a lot of these uh, projects, you know, the GCs will send us their, their uh, bid sheet and it may have one or two pages uh, for a $600,000 job. Whereas when we send our, when I, we send our actual proposal, it, it's sometimes 20 pages. Uh, it's pretty lengthy, it's full of detail or terms and conditions. You know, everybody's bidding the same work, but not everybody's bidding it the same way. Um, so a lot of times we're, we're kind of more in the middle or a little bit higher than most of our, our, our competitors, but their numbers are questionable. They're either too cheap um, or, you know, they have disclosures or, you know, they're not going to provide this or not going to provide that because that's not a service they provide. So a lot of it goes into our, to our proposal. Uh, terms and conditions. Uh, some some general contractors don't even read it uh, until they get to the project, and you know we've got the contract, and they didn't realize that they agreed to all this stuff that was in the proposal. How how often do you find that the general contractors really understand what they're buying? Um, probably less than half. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot a lot of these guys just you know, and I've had it happen so many times in the past where they flip through all the pages and they look at the bottom number. Okay, so this project's $180,000. Our, our budget was 179. We can swing that or whatever, you know. But then they don't realize that their dirt guys are supposed to do rough grading, topsoil. Um, then we get to the project and they, they're over here calling us, hey, we're ready for it. When we get out there and the dirt work hasn't been completed to, to our specifications that we provided them in our disclosures and whatnot. Um, then there's usually have, there has to be a change order because they can't get the dirt guy to come back out or he's too busy mm-hmm. on the project or whatever the case may be. We, we try to do our best to avoid those situations. And, and really this past year, we've really kind of keened in with all, all that since we've had the Lutrin. Um, we've eliminated a lot of general contractors that were causing all those issues because it really affects our schedule when, when there's a ton of change orders. Uh, so you, when you say you've eliminated them, do you mean that you don't, you don't work with them anymore? Correct. And a lot of those GCs, uh, that like to do that, they're also slow payers. Uh, they never pay by the con, you know, what the contract is laid out to pay. Uh, there's always excuses. Uh, they call you, you know, we, we always request, you know, one, you know, usually four to six weeks heads up before they need us out and stuff. And a lot of those guys call us a few days, hey, we need you to come out here and do this work. Uh, and, you know, and there's usually an argument uh, about, you know, when we can start and whatnot. So because of, of their inefficiencies. So we, we've had to eliminate quite a few contractors over the past year. Just it was too stressful. Um, it put us in a bind. Uh, it caused us to do more work than what we did. Tell me about your ideal, your hell yes customer. Who is the hell yes general contractor? So, so the hell yes uh, general contractors that we like to work for are companies that got their stuff together. Uh, they've got a good team. Uh, they're great at communicating, um, great at paying. Uh, that's the biggest 
biggest thing in working commercial jobs, you know, uh, typically we're, you know, from the time we start a project to the, to the end of it, we're really, you know, 60, 90 days before we get our first check. And so when, when, when those GCs pay us on time, we love working for them. We continue to bid on their projects. We continue to keep working with them. And usually those guys are the ones that, you know, if, if they have an emergency, they, they, they need us out there and, you know, they, they give us a two or three days heads up. We don't usually mind jumping on, on board and taking care of whatever they need it done. And how, how do you, how do you build those real, how do you find those people and then establish a relationship with them? So they are more likely to talk with you or review your proposal. Well, I mean, I think most of it just comes with experience. Uh, a lot of this trial and error. I've worked with pretty much every GC, uh, all the local GCs here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've worked with quite a few of the, the reoccurring GCs that, that come from out of town. Uh, there's GCs that come to our area from all over the country. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably meet one or two new ones a year, uh, but the majority of, of the GCs that we do work for are recurring. Uh, we continue to bid their projects, we continue to get their work, um, and they continue to give it to us even if we're not the local leaders. But, you know, the, as far as finding them, um, really, I, I, I'm not going out and actively looking for uh, general contractors to work for. I, I've done that in the past uh, until I kind of built up our uh, structure a little bit with, with our commercial contractors. Um but we, we use some other softwares uh, for bidding purposes, uh, like uh, Construct Connect and stuff like that, that we bid a lot of our commercial jobs through. And that's usually how we meet new general contractors. And and Dalton, you know, you said something earlier. You said when there's a recession or if there's a, se- a recession, we'll be fine. Yep. Why is that? Well, uh, I kind of like to think about it. You know, our area, we've, we've always kind of been in a pocket because of the oil and gas industry. Uh, there's always going to be a, a need for that. Or, you know, as long as, you know, we're, we're having a need for oil and gas, our, our little pocket here will always do well. Uh, even back in the uh, 2009, 2008 recession, uh, our economy, it's a little slow. Uh, unemployment was, you know, six and a half percent, seven percent, whereas other parts of the country were, you know, 12, 13, 14 percent, almost doubled. Uh, housing market didn't crash like it did everywhere else. There was still a, a need for housing. Uh, we had some GPS and builders come in and start building. Uh, they're still here building. Uh, and I don't foresee that going anywhere. How do you think those contractors that you were describing that are, you know, kind of on your no list, how are those contractors going to fare during a recession? What do you think? I mean, there, there's so much work out here. Um, I, I think they're, they're, they'll still continue to build um, as long as, as long as they're keeping their customer base happy. Uh, that, that's, that's really all that matters on their part. And they, they always do a good job at keeping their customers happy, not so much their general, their, their subcontractors. Uh, but I think, I mean, I don't foresee them going anywhere. They'll still be here. And, 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 and one day, you know, if they, if they get their stuff together, I'll, I'll rebid some, some work with them. Cool. Well, Dalton, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing some of your story for people who might want to connect with you. Maybe there's a general contractor in Odessa who doesn't know you, or maybe somebody wants to run an idea by you. Where can people connect with you? 
you can look up Dalton Mason on LinkedIn. Uh, you can connect with me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, shoot me a message. Uh, you can also uh, search, search up the company, New Horizons Landscape Management. Um, send us a contact us form and uh, myself or somebody here in the office will reach out to you. Cool. Well, thanks so much. Well, that was a great conversation. You know, it's always interesting to talk with contractors about what software you all are using. And I love that Dalton has a hell yes customer. You know, having a hell yes customer is a key to the success of running a successful landscape company and especially a commercial landscape company. And I'll share with you in my last two commercial workshops, I've gotten feedback from some of my clients who have come that they've gotten that much closer to figuring out who their hell yes customer is. And that allows you to focus your sales, your marketing, your outreach, your networking. It gives you a lot of clarity and focus. And I'd love to work with you on it. So if you do commercial landscaping, join me at the Landscaper's Guide to Commercial Sales and Marketing on Thursday, July 28th. This is a virtual sales workshop. We've got ticket information available at landscapersguide.com slash events, which is also below in the show notes if you want to click on a link there. My name is Jack Jostis, and thank you so much for listening to the Landscaper's Guide. I look forward to hopefully seeing you at one of my workshops and talking with you again next week on the podcast. And I'm excited to share it with you, with you.